Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Get attacked by an angry shark. Stuck up a mountain in the dark. Pushed up the top of a big landmark. Hit by lightning in your local park. Caught in a downpour of acid rain. Struck by a meteor or a train. A proton beam passing through your brain. Attacked by that angry shark again. Hear how they survive. Trampled by a herd of buffalo Chased with an axe by your new friend Joe Buried alive in a pile of snow It's the worst case scenario We've also got no water <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, how it should be How it should be in the desert True Okay That's the whole point, Julia Water's not an option I didn't know we were the, we were trying to, we're going straight to cultivate <laughs> desert atmosphere in Yeah, that's why we got okay. cactus Drink cups, cups, vessels. <laughs> Are we starting? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you just shrug. You like to. <laughs> Who fucking knows at this Do point? Do we ever start? Right, hello. Hi. Welcome to Worst Case Scenario, the podcast where we tell survival stories. Every week we build a survival toolkit. We do. Using um, useful things. Yeah. Out. Should we ever find ourselves in the worst case scenario? We've got new uh, chairs. In I the knew studio. you were going to play with the chairs. I knew it. <laughs> we got new chairs, and they go up and down. <laughs> Abby is now jumping up in her chair and wait. You could do it sliding as down. Oh wait, no, we got headphones. This is time. great audio content, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but visually, isn't it funny? <laughs> it is quite. It is. It is she funny. Laughed. It is she funny. Laughed. Good shit. Uh, good shit. It's like Mr. Bean's in the room. Oh, don't people do that? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. It's, it's my regular double ganger. That was a total accident. Yeah, well, thank you. Okay, so we have some lethal drinks. We're back in the studio. Woohoo! My voice is back. Julia's voice is back. Um, my mental health, not so much, but we're, we're getting there. We're on our way. This um, drink can only help that. Well, I came in very excited to go back to the margaritas because mm-hmm. if you have been listening since episode one, we did set up a format that uh, kind of got lost along the way. But we drink margaritas aka piss because as all great survivalists know step one drink your own piss um i mean it didn't get lost we have consistently been drinking margaritas well, yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. We don't, don't really please don't ever think we've not been drinking margaritas <laughs> at this point we just have not been talking about we just it don't talk about it um but which is I, worse. I, 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 we got back in the studio today i was i've been looking forward all day to my margarita yeah, me too what do i find out no margaritas well, we then got... we have found we have found some dregs at the back of, at the back of the fridge. <laughs> at the back of the fridge, a bottle we from what together. July? Mm, July easily. was it? Two months ago, um, a tiny little dreg of margarita mix um, and a lot of tequila. So the, the drinks we have in front of us are, I'd say, eighty percent tequila. Yeah, it's, it's making my eyes water. Very old margarita mix. Go on, have a sip. The smell is enough for it's, me. It's, it's pungent. It's, it's shocking. Really it's strong. so strong. Really strong. I feel like I'm in like... Also, the mix has changed colour. Is it red, that bar? Just yeah. like having a shot? I don't like how... how I'm going for it. The mix has changed consistency. And colour. Oh, it's not bad, actually. Okay. 
I'm so glad you went first. I was ready to pour this out. <laughs> Down my throat. <laughs> oh, it's not bad. It's not, it's bad. not bad. It's drinkable. It's so drinkable. Thank God <laughs> Until for that. Until 10 minutes in and it goes silent. <laughs> <laughs> and we've passed out. Um, Neil's not here. We're free. He is. Of our, <laughs> of our ruler. <laughs> oh, God. The shackles are off. Abby's going crazy. I've forgotten what, oh, I've forgotten what they're called. What are they called? I don't know what... I don't like know. like Stalin and stuff. Dictator? Di- we're, we're free of our dictator. So out of order. I was going to say diplomat, and I was like, that's wrong. That's right. That's definitely not. No. So, but also, no Neil means no Loudrup. That is sad. We haven't, we haven't seen Loudrup in a long time. I know. I really miss that guy. He's really keeping him from us. That's, that's the power he holds, isn't it? <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm not in the room, but then you don't get the dog. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm just doing, how, how, how long can we slag Neil up before he comes back on? You're cool. <laughs> You're going to have to get yourself a mic, Neil. He's not giving Defend in. yourself. He's not giving Defend in. yourself. And Neil has COVID. So close. Um, so, so retro, isn't it? So he's not coming in, or so he says. Yeah, yeah I know. A real blast from the past. Mm. Real nostalgic. He's no, just, get better soon, Neil. We miss you. Yeah. Well, he's just. I moved, mean, he is he's here. He's just moved in with a lady, so maybe it's just an excuse. Do you think so? Yeah. Um. You said you have gossip. Gossip. Yes, please. Oh, I don't have gossip. No. Oh. No. You. No. I said no. So I. Uh, this is post Edinburgh. We're back. First one. Yeah. Like, woohoo! Back in the studio. Um. And so I just was thinking about Edinburgh, and I remembered a guy in one of my shows who I don't think I told you about. So in one of the shows, I was doing some emceeing at the top, just talking to the crowd. There's this one guy on his own, mm-hmm. like quite a quite a uh, tall, like sort of middle-aged-ish kind of guy, um, having a lovely chat with him. And then one of the other people in the audience went, look at his T-shirt. And I I like couldn't read his T-shirt. So I was uh-huh. like, oh, I can't, can you? And his T-shirt said, if they don't find the body, it's <gasps> not murder. And I was like... <laughs> Oh, this is how I die. He came to my show on his own. And then afterwards he came up to me and he was like, oh, it's so nice to meet you. I listened to the podcast. And I was like, oh, I definitely die. This is definitely how I die. This is absolutely, but thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Where? Why are coming to the show? Why is that shirt? Why does that shirt exist? Well, apparent. I did. Oh, ask- is it like a catchphrase from another podcast? No, no? it's uh, he'd been to like the Edinburgh Dungeons or something. I think like a like mm-hmm. a version of London Dungeons. That was the Sounds story anyway. <laughs> yeah. So they're not going to arrest me Who in this t-shirt. Who makes that merch? I know. Who makes murder a merch? It really spooked the women in front of him. I'll be honest. That's horrifying. <laughs> yeah. And I'm really sorry I can't remember your name, but thank you for listening, and also thank you for coming yeah, to the show. Yeah, but also it is a red flag. They yeah, do maybe... say they do say that like women listen to true crime podcasts mm. to like prepare themselves to like not get killed, whereas men men do it to prepare tips. not to get caught. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but then again, I do think we haven't done true crime in a while. You know, we're in the true crime category on podcasts. Good. I do think we're letting them down. On yeah, that. I know. We really need to. <laughs> We I, need to... I just don't... It's just sad. Too sad. Too sad. <laughs> Though, actually, today's is very... Well, my, my one slash uplifting. My one next week is back to true crime, if what, that helps. What a promise. Yeah. Thing so, is, I'll be honest, I on. really tried to do a true crime one this week. Yeah. Right, do you want to hear my news? Yes, please. So, as you know, my friend Ellie, big fan of the pod. Love Ellie, yeah. I met another real-life listener yesterday. Oh. In a toilet. Why are they always in, why are they dressed weird or in weird places? Why are they such creepy fans? 
<laughs> creepy fans, relatives, and friends. Also, um, thank you for listening. We really no, thank you. It. She was really nice. It was like, <laughs> as I was going out, she was like, I'm a big fan of the podcast. Oh, I was like, I'll nice. tell Julia. Oh. So, Ellie messaged me though. She mm-hmm. listened to this week's episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, hang on. This is us bitching about my ex. Okay. She said, I, I did to- wonder how long before this came up on the podcast. Oh, I haven't even been trying <laughs> to hold it back. I was going through a breakup at the moment. <laughs> Blah. She's in her revenge era. <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of Taylor Swift. I bet. I have never have. connected to Toto more. Mm-hmm. She is my, really queen, takes, my idol. It does take being fucked over to really understand her, doesn't <sighs> oh, it? Oh, God, yeah. I feel, I feel her in my blood. Mm. Okay. This is why I'm so excited to get back to the Margaritas. <laughs> oh, the sweat patches are coming back, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> why is this podcast visual now? Okay. This is great stuff. Okay, Ellie Sloven. I can't full name her, can I? Maybe. Okay. She said, I listened to your pod episode for this week. So that's last week now. Yeah. And I was just looking up the crash afterwards, the plane crash. And she said, and I saw that one of the people in the plane crash also survived being swallowed by a whale recently. Shut up. Yeah. Do you want to know who it was? Book boy. Book boy! <laughs> It was Michael Book Boy. Michael Book Boy. No way. So here we go. She sent a me the whale. She sent me the article. A real life Jonah. Um, Michael Packard, the Cape Cod lobsterman, uh, who shocked the world Friday when he was almost swallowed by a humpback whale, nearly wound up in Davy Jones' locker in 2001 when a plane he was on reportedly crashed in Costa Rica. Wow. So then it goes on about him in the plane crash, as we already know. If you don't listen to the last episode, uh, the whale, he said, spit him back out 30 or so 40 was, seconds later. So he was in the mouth of the yeah, whale. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Packard's stunning story of his encounter with the mighty Levia, just say whale, uh, generated international headlines. All of a sudden, I felt like I got hit by a freight train and everything went black, he told reporters Friday. And it went black and I was like, oh my God, what the heck? Where am I? Did I just get bitten by a great white? And then I realized after I said, it's not a shark. The only thing it could be is I just got eaten by a whale. And then he got spit back out 30 or 40 seconds later. So this man. Michael, what are the chances? Michael. You survive a plane crash in the jungle and then swallowed by a whale. This was 2021. Blimey. 2021. What's going to happen next? (laughs) What's going to happen in the next 20 years? Bets? He's like Guesses? the lightning guy. <laughs> He's the new rod. That is good to know, though, that a whale will spit rather than yeah, swallow. you're great. That is comforting. Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> no, just fussy eaters. Okay. Uh, okay. Anyway, so that's what Michael's up to these days. Isn't this like those, like, Michael. where are they now episodes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stay inside, Michael. Yeah. God. And there was us focusing on Brandy and Brandon. Yeah. <sighs> Julius guessed before we started this episode, I went, oh, I have an update on your story. And she went, did you find out they're actually siblings? <laughs> that was her guess. Well, it's uh, good to be back. Good to be back. If you like the podcast, do we do oh, that now? Oh, yeah. We could do that now, I guess. Give us a follow. Are you having fun? I'm loving it. Do you like me? Then follow the podcast. <laughs> Just Abby. <laughs> Look, I'm the only one who needs it. I'm here anyway. <laughs> Julie doesn't care. She has the power of not caring. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm nothing without your love. <laughs> that was a message to my ex. No. 
<laughs> yeah, he okay so anyway uh sorry yeah rate review follow us online at wcs pod um and then later we'll do some listener stories and we'll 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 do that when we'll we get when we get then. to it yeah. yeah tell us a story abby so this week's story is a little bit different um it does explore uh themes of suicide if you are affected or impacted by anything in this week's episode there are links for support and advice in the episode notes this is the story of kevin hines one of the people to have survived jumping off the golden gate bridge (gasps) oh my god there's an incredible documentary about this yes Let's let's talk about the Golden Gate Bridge first of all. Yes. Um it was constructed in 1937 and is 1.7 miles long. Crazily. Okay, so 11 workers died in its construction, um which was actually a new safety record. What? As in because they were expecting 35 to die. Imagine just being like, yeah, we'll kill 35 people doing that. Putting that in the risk assessment. Yeah. Probably 35 on this one. Yeah, it beats the whole that's helicopter over a volcano, didn't insane. it? Insane. Um, so it actually went really well. Uh, but the net that suspended under the floor saved the lives of 19 men <gasps> while they were making it. It stands 220 feet above the water of the San Francisco Bay. And it is the top suicide site in the world. Uh, the deck of the bridge is about 245 feet above the water. Uh, if you were to fall from it, it takes about four seconds Oh, God. Um, you travel at about 75 miles per hour. Um, and most jumpers die due to impact. Because when you're going that fast, water becomes like concrete. Right. But 5% of jumpers do survive the initial impact and then generally drown or die of hypothermia. Mm-hmm. Right. Also, most suicidal jumps happen from the side of the bridge that's facing the bay. But since the bridge opened in 1937, it is estimated that 2,000 people... Um, have died of suicide and many more have jumped never having been confirmed or recorded because of no witnesses or body you get washed out to sea <gasps> oh god the fall is 98 percent fatal used to be 99 around only 40 people have ever survived the fall 26 remain alive today and only five these are kind of general numbers yeah. because unfortunately it keeps happening mm-hmm. um about only five are able to walk stand and run they've been called the most exclusive survivors club in the world and there's a book of the same name by Ben Sherwood. And one member of that survivors group is Kevin Hines. On the 25th of September 2000, Kevin was 19 years old. I also read that most people who jump from bridges, especially the Golden Gate Bridge, are like students. It's oh, very, really? it's, it's like majoritively, majoritively young people. And then the second, so like students was the most common yeah. occupation. And then the second was teachers. So he was 19 years old when he got the bus to the Golden Gate Bridge and he jumped over the four foot railing, that should be higher, Yeah. to the icy waters below. The moment his hands left the railing, he felt instant regret. Oh my God. Yeah. So Kevin had a very difficult start to life. He was born into poverty to biological parents who were addicted to drugs and alcohol um, and who were manic depressives slash bipolar. He and his older brother were both abandoned and neglected on a regular basis when their parents went to school drugs. Until one day, as he says, I think this was either a documentary or a podcast I listened to, he said, one seedy motel clerk made his most unseedy decision <laughs> um, and called the police after hearing one too many cries. 
Child Protection Services placed Kevin and his brother into foster care and they bounced around from home to home. The idea was they'd both be adopted together, but both got bronchitis and sadly his brother died, um, which gave him detachment and abandonment issues. When they first took him in, he was violently ill all day, every day. He had a distended belly filled with liquid from being malnourished for so long because his biological parents had only fed him what they could steal. So Kool-Aid, Coca-Cola and sour milk was his first diet. Oh my God. Um, So his gut to brain health, which we've learned a lot about with the story as well, Mm. uh, was very poor. And those food habits kind of followed him in his life. Um, He says he was mentally sick from the very beginning. But when he was nine months old, his luck changed. Oh, thank God. Um, when he was adopted by Pat and Debbie Hines. Pat was a banker and Debbie a nurse. They couldn't have kids, so they chose to adopt three kids from three separate families. Uh, Kevin is mixed race, his brother is black and his sister white. And he said that he would, like, he remembered that they'd get, like, turned away from some restaurants. But they'd always just pick up, go somewhere else. And despite a traumatic start, Kevin described his childhood and early adolescence as amazing. He grew into a boy who loved acting and playing sports. A very relatable (laughs) character for me. He believed everything was going to be okay now uh, because he'd been afforded opportunity. And because Debbie and Pat worked so hard to give them what they wanted, needed, Pat himself had come from parents who'd suffered from substance use disorder and alcoholism. And they'd both died of liver failure at 49 and 54. And with just 17 bucks in his pocket... Paying his own way, Pat had managed to become one of the most successful San Francisco bankers of the time. Wow. Yeah. Go Pat. So, you know, good, a good male role model. Yeah. Things were looking good. Uh, at the age of 10, he had an epileptic attack, meaning doctors prescribed him a medication called Tegretol. The medication seemed to keep his epilepsy under control so well, in fact, that after six years with no episodes, doctors took him off it. Wow. But this is when Heinz's mental health began to spiral. That seems to be like a quite a common thing, doesn't it? For like that age, like later adolescence. Yeah, being a teenager sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But this actually, so what no one knew was that Tegretol, although it was working for his epilepsy, Mm. it was also working in the background to suppress what were the dramatic mood swings of bipolar disorder. So when they took him off that medication, um, he was suddenly irritable all of the time. He, he, um, he was difficult to control. He, um, was, he had depressive cycles and they came in regular intervals. To make matters worse, um, he actually lost his school drama teacher to suicide. No. Yeah. That was, it's like in the documentary, they sit in like the school auditorium and he talks to the teacher about how like them having to decide how to like break it to the students that this, yeah. Oh my really God. Awful. Um, so on the 25th of September, uh, it was a Monday. Kevin believed he was worthless. He had no value. He thought all of his family hated him, that no one needed him around. Despite his dad asking to spend the day together, sensing something was wrong. Voices told him to kill himself. Uh, he acted out on the whole bus journey there. Mm-hmm. Um, he was kind of shouting uh, the voices. He was crying, but no one said anything. I think I think about this. He was like on the bus. He was shouting. Yeah, because you're like, I think this is a big thing in this story. We'll get to it. But like, he kind of 
I think the big message is like intervene. Mm. Like ask someone if they're okay. We're so used to just like ignoring. But this is the thing is I was like, if I was like on the tube and someone was behaving really Mm. like extreme in an extreme way. Yeah. I think I'd feel scared. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I'd, unless someone else was also intervening. I think of like a group. Yeah. I would be happy to join the group. Yeah. But I think I would, I don't like, I am like, would, would I go on my own? Well, but, the, but then so also you're in a position, if it's depending on who the person is, yeah. you're in a different position to other people on the tube. Mm. Like, Yeah, it's, like it's, it's, it's scarier delicate. for a woman to approach a man. Exactly. But I was also, because in Edinburgh, I was walking down the street and this older gentleman, why do we call older people gentlemen? I'd never be a young gentleman. <laughs> An old man. Yeah. Um, he fell just like randomly just like tripped on the pavement but like really went down mm. and i was like immediately there like do i call an ambulance what are we doing blah, blah, yeah blah. and you're like that is cr- it's so much easier to approach someone for just like a physical definitely yeah well because it's not unpredictable it's the unpredictability of yeah. somebody having and you don't know the co- like you know the cause i saw yes, him fall down exactly i know what's going on yeah 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 um but yeah it's a big thing in this story mm-hmm and I guess that it like yeah, you'd think how much on do you consider bus? the other person's safety? It wasn't a school bus; it was just oh, the bus. it was a public bus. Public bus. Oh, okay. But yeah, so he went on the bus. No one said anything. He paced the walkway for forty minutes, passing hundreds of people. And he said that like a lot of people for, uh, who go to commit suicide or commit suicide kind of do say like, if this one thing happens, I won't do it. Oh really? Like they kind of like put it up put a condition on it. Yeah. Yeah. And his, he was like, despite the voice telling him to kill himself, he promised that if just one person intervened, if one person asked if he was okay, he would confess everything and beg them to save his life. Like, he wouldn't do it. Um, He says that he didn't want to die. He just believed that he had to. um, And he wanted someone to stop him. Uh, But even police officers passed without a word. Though police officers are now trained for suicide prevention and save between 50 and 120 lives a year. Wow. Yeah. Um, so he's walking this walkway. So what are they? Patro- what are the police patrolling the bi- the the bridge for? Well, I'm not. Maybe they weren't patrolling at this point. Like they do now. Oh, they just walk. They, they were do just now past. have officers oh, okay. patrol the bridge. Yeah. to stop people, but maybe they didn't. Yeah, they were just. Police. They just happened to be walking past. Um. So he's 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 kind of pacing this bridge for like 40 minutes, crying. Oh. Um. And then a woman approaches him, and he's like, "This is it. She cares." Yeah. Right. She says, excuse me. He's like, it's okay, this woman cares. And then she says, will you take my picture? Oh my God. Yeah. She holds out her phone. He takes this woman's photo about like five times. She does different poses. Fucking hell. And then she walks away. Is this going to make you think twice when you ask somebody to take your picture? (laughs) I'll be honest. I'd literally never ask a stranger. Oh my God. Would you ask... No, no, definitely not. Because one, I'd be, no, actually, I'd be paranoid they'd take my phone. Th- that's the main thing. I'm very paranoid someone would take my yeah. phone. I also, I, I just have too much personal, shame, like, personal shame. How mortifying! Doing I different saw, poses. I actually saw so many in Edinburgh. I saw so many influencers in the wild in Edinburgh. Oh my on god! The, on, on the like cobbled streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So many women with absolutely zero shame with like Instagram boyfriends. Like I would sit. There was a cafe I'd go to every morning. It was the best people watching place yeah. ever. I'd sit on a bench and I'd just watch multiple women oh my God. have multiple photo so shoots. And I, I, I couldn't. To be honest, I admire the lack of shame. Oh, me too. Because they think... are getting a banging fucking photo out there. Yeah. And like, also there's they... a reason their Instagram looks better than mine. Yeah. 
Exactly. I can't do it. Exactly. Even when I like talk on stories, like I have to have it like down under my chin so that like no one can really tell me. It I'm blows doing my it. mind that you do that in public. It's, like it, t- it took a real long time. These, people, you have to like desensitize yourself to it. The comedians who do these walk and talk videos. Just <laughs> yes, me. <laughs> honestly, it's like yeah, but it's always with people the chin. can see you. What's happening? Yeah, but now FaceTime's a thing. People like it's less obvious. I st- I think that's mental when people FaceTime in public. Do you? Yeah. Cool. Call on the phone. Speak like you. You don't need to see there. I don't need to see you. I mean, I don't FaceTime full stop. No, neither do I. But like, if I saw someone FaceTiming, I wouldn't be like, "That's mental." No, I wouldn't. That's true. I would just think like. So I think that's the thing is I think I like to think people think I'm just FaceTiming. Right. My like twin. And I'm not. I'm not the better person here. But I, no. I'm, I'm at fault because I don't put anything on the internet because yeah. I'm too ashamed. And so, the, but fair play you to the people who it. are, yeah, you have to. You do have to get over it. But I really, people who have photo shoots in public. Good God. How? Yeah. And also, can you teach me what poses? Oh my God. The people who could just naturally pose in a picture. <sighs> I don't. I, there should be classes in it. There, there got, should be classes in I it. I did a gig last night and I got sent the pictures from it. <laughs> did we talk about that other picture? No, we're I not got, talking about I got put on Instagram the other day, Julia. Hell. Oh my God. Every single no, picture, every I'm single a, picture I've ever done from any gig is absolute shit. No, but it's, that's the worst one. Like, look, I love you, but that was a fucking awful photo. Terrible. That was that Terrible was the picture. Worst. You looked like a killer. Awful. Because the fucking photographer, you, so they were taking, so this was a gig. <laughs> this was a gig. You, look, you looked both dead and at the killer oh my like God. at once it was insane genuinely i've i have i've laid awake at we need night. to put that picture on the grid no now. we're absolutely yeah, not we're absolutely the not. going on the grid no, it's, it's not. the worst picture it's, you will ever see definitely. she looks insane it's like she's playing a fucking haunted puppet <laughs> in a fucking horror movie <laughs> because the photographer like, play with me so, the, so i turn up at this gig i just think it's a normal gig that i'm doing and they turn up and they're like oh this guy's here to take pictures i was like oh okay assuming it's pictures when we're on stage i was mm-hmm. like yes that's annoying but fine because every, literally every single picture I've ever seen of me on stage is horrific. Anyway, and then and then after I've been on, oh, it's absolutely. <laughs> it's because I pull stupid faces and no, I'm doing. Not. I don't, when, this isn't true. So then I saw your profile picture was you on stage for a bit. No, never. I don't think I've ever done that. Uh, but anyway, so after the gig, so after the gig, I was mm. like, oh, okay, fine, it's all good, I can go. And they're like, oh no, we just need we just need the photographer to take a picture of you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I sort of assumed he'd done it when I was yeah. on stage. And then, oh, no, no, I'm just, I'm getting everybody to do it individually. So we have to fucking pose. Maybe it was that photographer. That looked like it was taken on, like, a it was a, phone in, No, like, it was like a, it was like a... It looked like one of, like, like you know when, like, GCSE, where you do your own headshots it, for your 100% drama project? Like that. It 100 Because it's fucking black and, it's and like, white. Yeah. And it's, like, set in... Everything about it is awful. If you don't find this picture in Worst Case Scenario, visit at Abby Clark Comedy. If and, you... Um, if... I'll be happy to share. And I hope you've enjoyed the podcast with me as Abby's co-host because this Hang is the on. last one Hang I'll on. be doing. I'm just going to do a safety screenshot. I'll take... Don't you fucking dare. Yeah. Oh. This will live forever. Right. Well, this has been lovely. How many episodes do we do? 18? That's pretty good. <laughs> Save to I documents. had hoped we would end on more of an explosive argument than this, but... I quite enjoy that it's... Uh... It's 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 ended on you not liking a picture of yourself rather than me. <laughs> oh, I can dig up a few if you like. <laughs> if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive & June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game-changer. The best thing about Olive & June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Playing this game. So, a woman has approached him. She's asked him to take his photo. Mm -hmm. Not his photo, her photo. He obliges. To be honest, I was actually really impressed. He took five. Like, he knew to do the candid. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Usually when you give a man a phone, they take one photo. To be honest, in that state of mind, I'm surprised he didn't throw her phone off the fucking bridge. Yeah. Like... He's she crying. Got, she got a good picture out of She that. picked the crying man. To be fair, maybe he wasn't stop. crying at this point. Yeah, yeah. He true. was there for 40 minutes. Yeah, okay. But, yeah. Yeah. But this is how unaware people I think who she are... was also a tourist. I don't think maybe she spoke oh, okay. English. Right. Because when he did the impression in the documentary, oh dear. there was a slight accent. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Okay. Do you want to give us a little taste of what no, that accent no, was? No, no, no. Okay. You can watch the documentary. You can watch his attempt. Okay. <laughs> So he thought, at this point, he was like, that's mad that she's here to make happy memories. Oh, right, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. this woman is here making happy memories. Like, look at the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. And he's basically here to die. Yeah. Right? Um, And I guess that's when he resolved that no one cared. Right? That was kind of the woman. He thought she was going to intervene. She didn't. Mm -hmm. And so that was the point where he put his hands on the forefoot railing and launched himself over. Um, he said, the millisecond my hands left that rail and my legs cleared it, I had what's called an instantaneous regret from my actions um, and the absolute recognition that I had just made the greatest mistake of my life and it was too late. Oh my God. He fell headfirst at 75 to 90 miles per hour. It changed on different accounts. Um, he fell the equivalent of a 25-story building. Um, he was conscious the whole way down. Oh, my God. And it only took four seconds. But I bet that was a long four seconds. A long four oh seconds. Um, and miraculously, in the long four seconds, midair, he was able to turn himself around. So he entered the water feet first. If he'd gone head first, would have been over. He jumped off head first. He, he dove, yeah. 
Oh my god. Yeah, he dove for head first. So like hands on the rail over. But he managed to flip himself so that he went feet first when he regretted it. Yikes. Yeah. So he's entered feet first. He opens his eyes. He's underwater. He's alive, but drowning. Mm-hmm. Um, he frantically swam to the surface using only his arms. Uh, Did he break his legs? So we'll, we'll get there. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, the legs aren't working so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's only using his arms. He broke the surface and prayed, God, please save me. I don't want to die. I've made a mistake. On repeat. And he believes God heard him. Um, luckily, as he went over the rail, mm. a woman driving past had seen him and called her friend who was a coast guard. Yeah. Fucking hell. Who just happened to be on shift. Yeah. Wow. So this is another thing he says. He was like, so many just like things aligned. Yeah. That meant he survived. That like, a, what are the chances? Oh my God. Um, who knows somebody who works at the coast guard? I guess That's... people who live by the coast. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, good point. Um. So this meant the boat arrived within the three minute window before hypothermia set in. Wow. Um, but he still needed to stay above water until the Coast Guard got there, yeah. right? And he's not using his legs. Yeah. Um, so he, he can't stay afloat. He's sinking. Uh, he's really struggling to stay above water. He's going to drown. This is when he had a little Julia moment. Yeah. Uh, and he went, this, this is where I die. Yeah. This is, I die Also, now. it's really hard to float when your legs... If your legs are... I can't float even when my legs are working. You know, when when I had my Edinburgh breakdown and I went in the sea? Yeah. I tried, I tried to do that kind of really, like, therapeutic, like, girly in the sea, like, float. Yeah. You know, play my Cyrus flowers, kind of, like, float. Yeah, yeah. Just sunk. Just sunk every time. Heavy legs. Heavy butt. Brag. <laughs> it's muscle density. You've got muscle dense, density. You've got dense muscles. It's very hard to float. Oh, thanks. Um, I feel better about it now. Yeah. But yeah, Freya was just like floating on it like it was a crystal sea and I just could not float. I don't float. Dem- dense muscles, that's it. Is that actually why? Yeah. Sick. <laughs> okay. So, um, Jim is bugging off. <laughs> so he thought he was going to die, but he was like, I can't die because if I die, no one will ever know that I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. So he was like, I have to survive. I have to survive so people know that I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. And then something began to circle beneath no, him. No, 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 thank you. No, mm-hmm. unsubscribe. I don't, no. A large, slimy, and very much alive creature. So it connects to the sea. So like huh? I said, some bodies get washed out to sea. So like sea creatures are in it. And he thought- Wait, what What did you just, what sentence did you just say? What do you mean? <laughs> say that like again. the water underneath the Golden Gate Bridge. Yes. The sea creatures in it. Yeah. But like you said that as if it was a mermaid, like <laughs> you were like so it connects to the sea. You no, but like in my head, like a bridge in a city, I'm not thinking sea. I'm thinking it's a bay. Yeah, so of but course, I'm just clarifying. Oh, okay. <laughs> that it goes out into the ocean immediately. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Not, it's not like yeah, it's not like the Thames, you yeah. know, which does. That's why they put Alcatraz there because if you escape, you're getting eaten by sharks. I didn't know Alcatraz was there. Alcatraz is in San Francisco. In the I in did the, not know that. Yeah, in the bay. Well, see, this this is information for people like me. Oh, there you go. Not you. <laughs> all right. Fucking. I was just like, this is for people who want don't have good geography. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck it is. I just assumed. Because I at first I'd... was like, how's that there? 
<laughs> How's that there in the water? That he's just. Yeah. But you know, like where do you every think now and then you'll live? see a whale get stuck in a river. But like, this was the sea. You think this was just like a a little estuary or something? Not an estuary. Well, it's... okay. Okay. Look. So do some we... people. Write in. Some people don't, please don't write in. will have appreciated that information. Okay, yes, I'm sure. No, I, I just, I want... <laughs> no, everything's for you, all right? No, everyone's at your reading level, Julia. Okay. So what is this fucking Some sea creature? Some of us are young and still have things to learn. Okay. <laughs> um, Not that young anymore, mate. Okay, right. What's the sea creature? He thought, so this is it. Though he didn't know. And he was like, you've got to be kidding me. I didn't die jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge. Now I'm swallowed by a whale. And now a shark is going to eat me. But it turns out it wasn't a shark. What was it? So a year later on a TV show promoting a suicide prevention campaign, um, Kevin said that he thought there had been a shark beneath him. And among the many letters he was sent by people after the appearance, one stood out. It was from that shark. <laughs> so sorry I spooked you. Wait, mate, I'm actually a dolphin. <laughs> bitch. Okay. Um, no, it said, this isn't like an exact quote because I'm quoting him quoting it. Yeah. So he was giving the general gist. Mm-hmm. But it said, Kevin, I'm so very glad you're alive. I was standing less than two feet away from you when you jumped. Until this day, watching this show, no one would tell me whether you lived or died. <gasps> It's haunted me this whole time. Oh my God, that's giving me goosebumps. That's mental. By the way, there was no shark like you mentioned on the show. Plastic bag. Was it a plastic bag? But there was a sea lion. (gasps) And the people above looking down believed it to be keeping your body afloat until the Coast Guard boat arrived. Oh my God. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. In my head, he's wearing a little lifeguard outfit. Oh. Yeah, so like sea lions, dolphins, and one other creature are like known. Dolphins are really good for it, aren't they? To like help. You know that you're safe. If there's a dolphin near you, Did you see the video online? There was a video online where like a... um, diver a dolphin oh no it was a seal it was a seal um i think so maybe it's sea lion seals and dolphins but um a seal thought this diver was drowning and kept trying to like bring him up to the surface but the diver didn't really understand what was going on he thought like the seal was just like petting him or like wanting attention and then the seal went off and it came back with another seal oh my god yeah. and then the diver still was just like oh cool cool seal encounter and then they came back with like a whole pack of seals. They're like, guys, he's really not listening. <laughs> he's he's not trying to help himself. And so then he kind of worked out and all these wow. seals lifted him up to the surface and he let them. I How love that so much. That? Have you seen that video of the sea? I think it's a seal or a sea lion who's um, in, uh, I guess, like a sea life kind of, like an enclosure. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the there's a person who's like on the side of the pool just like cleaning up and the seals going around getting the cones out of the pool and like putting it on the side oh. so helpful they're just oh. animals are so much better than we are yeah, they really are oh. okay so uh coast guard arrives sea lion swims off mm-hmm. they're like you got it from here boys he's done, he's done his job uh they fished him out onto a flat board, put him in a neck brace, strapped his feet to the board and said, kid, do you know what you just did? Mm. He's like, yeah, I just jumped on the Golden Gate Bridge. They're like, why? He said, I don't know. I thought I had to die today. Mm. 
And they said, do you know how many people we fish out that aren't alive? He said, I don't want to know. But it turned out that that Coast Guard, the Coast Guard is in the documentary, mm. he'd fished out 56 dead people and one live one, him. Yeah. He was his, his only his live, live one. Yeah. person. Wow. Um, also, heavy conversation to go in when you just come out of the water. Like, but I think they a, just... Give aren't... him a tea first. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I just don't think they're expecting him to be alive. Yeah, to be fair, I don't think blow they, your mind. I don't think they've prepared yeah, yeah, okay, fair. Yeah. So, meanwhile, A&E, yeah. doctors, nurses, uh, they're looking at the board. The A&E board, seeing yeah. what's coming in. Yeah, yeah. And written on that board says, Golden Gate Bridge Jumper. <gasps> um, and trauma nurse, Christy Cherry was shocked, having never thought of anything in her career. Uh, she could hear him coming through the door, so mm. she knew his airway was intact. Actually, no, she did say he was, he was continuously saying sorry. Oh, my God. Yeah. He was very apologetic um, and in pain. Yeah. Uh, the intense impact broke his ankle and his back, shattering three vertebrae, which came just two millimeters short of severing his spine. Um, but he was neurologically intact. And because he hit the water feet first, that impact went back up his spine, but luckily fractured the lowest point where the spinal cord ends. And uh, the nurse said that that's more just nerves rather yeah. than the actual spinal cord. Oh my God, how lucky. So is he one of the few people who can now walk? Yeah, wow. he's paralyzed. Um, I think there was like five. Yeah. Um, and it happened, that it just happened. This is another just happened one. Yeah. Um, that one of the most foremost back surgeons on the West Coast, who wasn't even meant to be on shift, was there. And he opted to do his surgery and he invented a surgery for him. Like it was the certain way he did it. And it's only been done that time. Um... So his dad was the first to arrive. He like talked about how his dad's like a really like tough guy, but he was just like sobbing, like waterfalls. Mm. He was like, dad, I'm so sorry. And then he was like, no, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. um, his dad, no, actually I'll skip to his mum's response because I love it. Um, <laughs> it's so incredibly optimistic. So you know how he said he did drama? Yeah. Also, so in the documentary, you meet some fun characters. Yeah. They talk to his wrestling coach and he says to the wrestling coach, like how... How, like, what, when did you notice my mental health had turned? Yeah. And the guy was like, it kind of seemed to happen, like, overnight. And he was like, suddenly, like, you just, like, weren't interested in wrestling anymore. You were, like, really into drama. <laughs> red flag. Red flag. <laughs> First red flag. <laughs> you just needed so much attention. Yeah, like, you just, like, you just, like, always in that drama room. I'll be honest, you became we insufferable. You. <laughs> um, um, but his mum's response when she came in, she said, God wanted you to win that Oscar. Oh. And he was like, Mom, I did the high school theater. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. <laughs> um, so they all had different reactions. Yeah, his dad was crying. His brother was really angry. He mm -hmm. was only 13 at the time. And he said that like their relationship never quite healed. Um, his dad stayed by his side in hospital for four weeks. They tried to chuck him out. Like they were like, visiting hours are over. You have to leave. Yeah. Um, he's like, get me a cop and they were like no you don't understand like no family stays after yeah. visiting hours they even got like security and the dad was just like get me a cot and eventually they just got him a cot and he stayed the whole four weeks um, wow and also because i think at some point kevin was like put under okay so like the dad didn't know 
how much of his son was going to wake back up kind of thing. Right. At one point. Like they, they put him in an induced coma or something. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so he was just like, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, that must be terrifying. And although his body healed, he continues to live with mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, he was moved to a psychiatric unit at St. Francis Hospital in San Francisco. He stayed in total 10 times in a psychiatric ward. First three were forced. So he wasn't happy about it at first. Mm. Um, but the last seven were voluntary. Okay. So the instant regret of jumping off the bridge did not result in an instant mental health recovery um, yeah. once he had survived. So he works daily and diligently to manage continued sim- symptoms that can include depression and hearing voices. Additionally, he takes medication. He sees a therapist. He does at least 23 minutes, very specific, mm. 23 um, minutes of vigorous exercise each morning, which leads to a better mood. He eats a brain healthy diet. It's all about this like brain to gut thing. Yeah. Uh, he does daily light box therapy. He meditates. He uses music therapy and he shares this plan mm-hmm. online. He has like YouTube channels. Oh, wow. He has a website. He said in a podcast where he was like, people say that suicide's really selfish. Yeah. And he was like, it's not selfish because we, when, you, when you're doing it, you don't think other people want you about. Well, it sounds think, like he thought think, he was doing everybody yeah, a favor. You think you're doing everyone a favor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but this is the thing, his dad. And he says that he wished, this is where- It's wild that his dad sort of got a, got a feel it, like tried to spend time with him that day. Yeah, and he says that like he really regrets. It says, I wish I said to my father that morning, am I a burden to you? Because he would have said no. I wish I said to my dad, I'm thinking about suicide because he would have said, I'm not letting you go. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. And he just needed that one person. Yeah. Like even a stranger on the bridge. Yeah. Um, also, a thing I love about his dad, his dad, I'm not going to get this exact because I can't remember where I saw it. Um, so this won't be an exact quote. But at some point, his dad forced him to go back to the bridge where he jumped. And he was like, we're going to go there together. Mm. And they like dropped a flower and watched the flower like very peacefully like land on the water. Yeah. And you never guess what popped up. Not the sea lion. Well, probably not the, but a sea lion popped up. And he was literally like, it was like one of the most beautiful moments of my entire life. Oh my God. Yeah. That's the end of the film, isn't it? Like if you're going to do a film of this, that's the last scene. Um, wow. He also, um, on his third stay in a psychiatric hospital that's when he actually met his wife of 12 years margaret sorry margie kevin's dad calls margie the real hero and says she should get an awful lot of credit for kevin's successes she's been able to encapsulate his bipolar disorder that that is there every day so this is the thing like he still lives Mm. with this disorder but he's learned that his thoughts don't need to be his actions right right right, right. and he's kind of just decided like that's not an option yeah and so he's learned how to deal mm. um and he says when he has thoughts of suicide he does two things the first thing is he says out loud my thoughts uh do not have to become my th- actions mm-hmm. and the second thing he does is he says to anyone who lis- who will listen i need help now and he has like a group of people and if that person can't be there for him he'll go find someone who can be yeah well it's so great that they met at a facility she obviously like yeah understands... i think i think it was like her 
brother it's like she mm. knew someone who was also in there oh okay um it wasn't until 18 months after that ordeal though that um it was actually his chaplain who was the first to encourage him to speak to others about his experience mm-hmm. and so a hesitant Heinz gave his first talk to 127th and 8th graders he says i was freaking out i was a mess jesus your first gig that I is know, huge year, right? 127 kids they're the worst oh ease him in with an open mic yeah. god um but two weeks later the children sent him letters Several of the kids told Heinz his talk made a difference and that they received the help they needed. Oh my God. Yeah. Though I will say, I freaking love this chaplain. Um, <laughs> okay. He's such a sassy bitch. Oh my God. Oh really? He was literally, so like he was having like a really serious, com- well, first of all, this is how he greets him. He's like, oh my God, you like look different to how I saw you last. And the guy was like, oh yeah, I was a little heavy. And he went, no, you were fat. <laughs> And I was wow. like, I'm going to like this guy. He's pulling no punches. Um, and then when they were talking about the uh, fact that he encouraged him first to speak, he mm. went, yeah, and I will say, you've gotten better at making that speech. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this guy! You really honed the set. What it's- a roast! <laughs> what a roast! That's like me trying to flirt. <laughs> um, yeah, so then he said to his dad, he was like, dad, we have to do this any way we can. We have to like spread this story mm-hmm. um and today he travels the globe spreading the message of hope because it helps heal people um oh he co-founded the kevin and margaret Hines foundation yeah um an organization based in atlanta georgia that provides funding and education for suicide prevention in the united states and elsewhere uh like i said he's helped save numerous lives he's a suicide prevention advocate he's also part of the people campaigning for like suicide prevention measures on the bridge. Wow, that's um, great. And yeah, he travels, he speaks about his harrowing journey around the nation mm-hmm. um, and urges people to realize that suicide is not an answer and that getting treatment for mental illness is a necessity. Um, he says, no matter what you're going through today, you can have a better tomorrow. Wow, um, amazing. And I mean, I mean there's, st- there's so much more as well. Yeah. Like I said, he has his own documentary called the ripple effect he's written multiple books yeah i remember he's seeing done that multiple talks where he tells the story far better than me yeah. obviously he's done multiple podcasts just search his name there's so like he 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 has a website that includes many resources including a 10-step guide for better mental health and well-being and a parent's guide to teen suicide prevention i was gonna say it's so good that he's like speaking to school children about this because that's such a vital Mm. time in your life where you can definitely he also said he spoke to like quite a lot of people who like had had a friend tell Mm. them that they were feeling suicidal but had told them don't tell anyone oh and then they'd respected the friend's wishes and then lost a friend oh god he was like that's quite common he was also asked on the podcast i listened to being like are you sick of telling the story Mm. and he was like it's hard on a bad day yeah but it's an honor to be able to tell it wow and that like on a good day it's actually like invigorating because it yeah um reminds him that like he wants to be alive and it's hope and he does say like it is hard work you do have to work hard like like he's got this plan and he has to stick to it yeah. and he takes medication and he does. Yeah. And when he needs to go to a hospital, he'll go to a hospital. Yeah. He asks for help. I suppose that's it, isn't it? It's like recognize it. He knows all of the things to look for now when he's feeling yeah. 
like that and recognizing what well, that he is. also said like in the hospital i think it was like an uncle or something came in and was like do you want to get better it kind of gave like some tough luck and then yeah. had like this book or this article that had been written about like ways and he'd never seen anything like this before. He was like, why haven't any of these therapists or just been like here at like practical ways? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like diet and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, um, do 23 minutes of exercise every day. Yeah. And he said that he hopes each time he tells his story, the hope he conveys to the suffering will enable them to open up to realize I can help myself today. He urges anyone who sees someone suffering or upset like he was that day on the Golden Gate Bridge or whom they suspect may be having suicidal thoughts to reach out the suicidal person needs to hear what I needed to hear, that we care about you, your life does matter, and that all we want is for you to stay. He says, if someone had looked at me on that bridge or on that bus and said that to me, I would have begged for help. Oh my God. That, that is the story of Kevin Hines. Uh, that was great. He's so cool. He, watch, watch him, listen to him, read him. Yeah. Um, wow, what a story. What my are God. you putting in the survival toolkit can i put the chaplain in <laughs> oh i love that guy <laughs> like we could all do was a love, bit of a chat from I the love chaplain. a sassy chaplain um, a body shaming chaplain <laughs> um i mean can we put sea turtle in can we put sea oh lion? mate can we can, i think we can put can we put a sea lion in is that allowed i think it's allowed it's a single item Oh, yes, yes! Neil, you have to put yourself on mic. Neil said it's allowed. Neil said it's allowed. Uh, Uh, Yes, sea lion. Sea lion with the flower in its mouth. Mm. And a little life jacket. Yeah. Are you ready for a listener story? So ready. Uh, Great. Well, I've got some good ones. If you want to send your listener story, your worst case scenario to us, we'd love to hear it. Um, you can send them to help at wcspod.com, please. And thank you. Smashed that. Thank you. That was the best you've ever done, that. Thank you so much. I've been practicing. Okay. Hi, Abby and Julia. Brackets. Wave to Neil and behind the ears scratch for Loudra. Oh, he's not here. But we Neil? would. We would if we could. Neil, so could Neil's going to have to. Um, he's, we're just going to trust he's turned his Neil. video off we don't know what he's doing he might not even be here <laughs> he's making himself a cup of tea okay <laughs> just, <that was> a... <laughs> big sigh from Neil on the headphones there that was a more of this shit <laughs> right just finished binging the podcast and thought I'd tell you about my terrifying WCS experience okay Back in 2012, me and Donna, my best friend at the time. What a name. Oh my God, is this Mamma Mia? <laughs> is she Donna in that? Donna, yeah. Oh. Donna slept with three men. Oh, the mum is Donna. And we don't know which is the father of her child. Right. Is that the story? Yeah. Was it your dad in the end? No, my dad was gay. Oh. Sorry for context, my dad was in the original Mamma Mia. <laughs> <laughs> He's not just come out this week. <laughs> Oh, he was gay. Um, okay. He played the... Uh, the gay Colin, one. Colin Firth. Oh, Colin Firth, yeah. lovely. Okay. Sorry, Colin Firth played my dad part. My dad's part. Yeah. <laughs> I did it, Dad. I did it for you. You're welcome, I Paul. got the word out. <laughs> the cast were never given credit. Really? Mm. Are we allowed to read it? Are we allowed Spilling to do an some tea? I mean, how long's it been? I think we're okay. It's been long enough. Yeah. Um, okay. So my best friend at the time... Just kidding, we're still friends. Yay! Really like, 
Yeah. Oh my God, look at us getting in jokes. Right? This is like making real life friends. I know, I like it. I like that a lot. We were backpacking in Thailand. Uh, First mistake. First mistake. Backpacking. Terrible. Okay. We found ourselves in a lovely small family run place, which consisted of a central building with a bar. Okay. I'm back on board. Uh And a bunch of beach huts. Okay. Sounds good. Super cute and really rural. We checked into our room and found that as it was made of wood, it was hotter than the sun. Okay. As luck would have it, there was an adjoining room to ours, so I unscrupulously... Oh, I knew I was... I read it and I knew I was going to fuck it up. This is what's happened. We're back on the market. We can't... You can't put words like unscrupulously. What does that even mean? Like without Why any she, scruples. What's she trying to show... What's she trying to prove? <laughs> Stop showing off. What are scruples? What's a scruple? Like, um, you don't really care. Like, it's... Let's just say like that then. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, I I respect it, but you are making my life more difficult Bunch after a very strong margarita. Academic pretentious creeps <laughs> loitering for, in toilets again. Thanks for writing in. Please continue to do so. So I unscrupulously went in and nicked the fan uh, so that we had two in our room. So she's gone next door. Oh. She sneak. She snuck in. Sneaky. Was I'm, anyone in? I'm there? assuming it's it. Yeah. Uh, unaware. I would assume not. We went off to the bar, where a few hours in, a German lady started shrieking. Oh, no. <laughs> Steady. Was she like, where's my fucking fan? Uh, Who took my fan? <laughs> no? Um, no, she was oh. screaming because there was a snake in the bar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was just yeah. really annoyed you took her fan. We all jumped up on tables. The family dog literally <gasps> sat there looking at it. Useful. Oh my God, I actually had a nightmare this week. Yeah. Uh, that a snake tried to eat my cat. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. I, and I, the wo- bar I woke up. Oh no, we're still on it. Okay, <laughs> good. No, carry well, on. No, so like, I, for some reason I had snakes and then I also had cats, obvs. Um, and oh, it was I, a pet snake. And I also had puppies. Um, no, I think like I was like, I think, I think I was like, uh, pet ownership. Trans- I was like moving them for like somewhat and we lost a snake. And it was like, well, fuck, where, where the fuck is the snake? Yeah. Right? Um, and then it turned out and it was like, maybe the snake will go for the puppy and then yeah. we can trap the snake. Yeah. Um, and then... I found the snake. It was hidden. You know the cord that goes through your dressing gown? Yep. <laughs> to tie it up. It hidden under that. So it looked like a dressing gown cord. But it was a snake Sneaky. under. And then the snake's head appeared and it was just going for the cat. And I went to like stand on it and then I woke up. And I was so stressed. Ooh. I had the lot... pits were sweaty after that, weren't I've they? I've had a lot of nightmares this week, actually. Oh, maybe God. I'm not doing Yeah, maybe we so do need to call well. someone. No, I'm fine. Okay. But um, it was really anxiety-inducing dream. Yeah, that sounds horrible. Yeah, maybe it's also because like in the hot weather, I refuse to open my windows. That might the heat might be doing something. Yeah, you're yeah. eating a lot of cheese before bed, because that'll do it. Mm, no, no, okay. been Maltesers this week. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bit about uh, me. Sure. Should we get back to this actual yeah, horrible sure. situation? Okay, good. Um, so the dog's doing nothing. The bar owner took it outside. Looking back, he appeared to be laughing at us. I don't think it was poisonous. And we all settled back to our drinks. So just a bit of fun. Bit of fun in the bar. Okay. Just a bit of... We soon headed off to bed. Texture to the story. Uh, sure. Sure. Bit of colour. Um, a little on edge. Sure. Uh, as we walked through the dark... Oh no, it's not a fan, it's a snake. As we walked through the <laughs> snake pretending to be a fan. <laughs> and the dressing gown cord. Just windmilling itself. <laughs> 
Just this little tongue like. <laughs> um, okay. So they're walking back to their huts in the dark. Uh, so, uh, kind of anxious that there's a snake on the loose. Yeah, you would be. We tucked ourselves into there's our a sing- snake in my boot. <laughs> we tucked ourselves into our single beds with a fan pointed at each of us and arranged <gasps> our <laughs> arranged our mozzie. I don't nets like how relevant these fans are <laughs> to keep us covered. Um, and it's then we heard it. No, Something outside making a deeply creepy noise. Uh. It sounded a bit like a squeaking. A mouse, we thought. Possibly a frog. Possibly something else. Okay. Terrified, neither of us were willing to go and look outside. Uh-huh. Laying in the dark, we speculated whether the creature could get inside and how we could defend ourselves. What are you doing in this situation? You can uh, hear something outside. It's the fan, isn't it? At it's the door. fan. There's been too much mention of fans, right? They've got to come back into the story. Let's see. Um... Uh, we slept terribly the sound pressing in on us from all sides the creature on patrol I really like how this one's written it's It's very atmospheric it's one of those fans that goes around the creature on patrol looking for a way to get inside and eat us what a mouse if this was a mouse you really are overreacting yeah but still if it's a mouse you're not not sleeping well if there's a mouse scuttling around what is the mouse gonna do it could, like, eat your little toe, Max. As if you... Who are you? Who have you turned into, bare fucking grills? I like mice. As if you would give... Oh, so you wouldn't give a shit if there was a mouse in your room? No, I think that was quite At cute. night time? No, I wouldn't mind. You're full of shit. I don't I used to have... You. My sister had pet rats. That's insane. Yeah, I'm actually, like, immune to rodents. It's fine. If I went on I'm a Celebrity... Actually, I shouldn't give this away. Because, no, I'm so scared of rats. <laughs> oh, no. Not the rat challenge. Don't give me the rat challenge. <laughs> I'd love to see you when I'm a celebrity. I never. I will never. Um, I I would run up my phone bill so hard making <laughs> you do all the, <laughs> all the challenges. Um, okay. They're scared. The night passed. In the daylight, knowing that now I could at least see... Uh, sorry. Knowing, knowing that now I could at least see to defend myself, I bravely got out of bed. As I crept towards the door, Donna poised on her bed, ready to defend me. I grabbed the only weapon I could think of. The fan near my bed. The noise... The murderer. The noise immediately stopped. Yeah. Turns out, the noise was caused by the button that that I'd pressed down to stop the fan from oscillating. Oscillating? Gosh, (laughs) this is a great vocabulary. My God. And that's the story of how Donna and I survived the terrifying fan monster. Big hugs, Emma. Thanks, Emma. Great vocabulary. Really Not good so good storytelling. I did guess the end. Uh, you did give away the ending a little bit. <laughs> Too much mention of the fan. I actually. fucking knew she You should have held that back a mm, bit. Breadcrumb you know I mean? it. Breadcrumb bread it. it. You mm. gave it away. You get, did you hear how I maybe let you know, let you think the sea lion was a shark? You know, I didn't give it away mm. too soon. I was no, you also made it sound like really it was a fucking mermaid. <laughs> so maybe don't take your tips but you, you on creative writing from Abby. You couldn't guess. You couldn't guess. <laughs> Look, we're hit, we're all here to grow. We're all here to learn. We're uh-huh. here to grow. And uh, we're, I love we're that every week, this podcast every, every week, week. <laughs> we say, please, please send in your stories, and we're going to read it out. And every week, Abby fucking tears it to shreds. There's always room for improvement. <laughs> I always got notes. Neil's Neil knows that. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> Baby, does she have notes? Um, I know it's cliche, but I just wanted to let you know I love the pod. 
Oh, thank you. Just a quick one. Do you still? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, when, what, what was this date? How nervous are you now before I read this that Abby's going to tear it to shreds? Just a quick one that literally happened today. This is like bedtime stories. I've just, I've just moved to Malaysia. Uh-huh. Excuse me. I've just moved to Malaysia for work and I'm trying to, I'm trying my best to be on time and make a good impression. That's good. Yeah, that's that's good minimum. Minimum. This morning, after I had snoozed my alarm about three times, so it's not going well. Not going great. I stumbled into my (gasps) ensuite. Brag, someone's doing well. Without my glasses I mean, she said full work, so. Yeah. (laughs) She has an income. I (laughs) turned... I turned on the shower and then went into the kitchen to get a glass of water. Oh no. I walked back into the bathroom and had one foot in the bath when I noticed something move out of the corner of my eye. No. I took a few steps back and saw something on the shower curtain. It's a spider, isn't it? I got closer (sighs) as I couldn't see. Right, as somebody who should wear glasses all the time. Yeah. When you don't. Have I guessed the ending? When you don't. (laughs) have your glasses on and you yeah. see something but you don't properly see oh it my God. it's terrifying you know um james tricky yes he's I a know comedian big very fan. funny look him up um i did a car show with him yesterday yeah and he was pitching me a new bit <laughs> i don't know but like i don't he was are like, we burning his bit on this book? Burning, yeah. <laughs> i'll check with him but he was talking to me about when he goes for a haircut yeah he's a glasses wearer he is um but he's like an actual like he cannot Every see day. without his glasses. Yeah. Yeah. And he was saying that when he goes to the hairdresser, he takes his glasses off yeah. and then they put the little cape on him yeah. and the glasses are like stuck under the cape. And so then he's just <laughs> blind for his haircut. And then they go, what do you think, mate? And he's like, yeah, looks good. <laughs> no and he clue. doesn't know what's... Th- and I was like, but James, why don't you just like put your glasses yeah. on the like, t- like table where you put your phone? And he was like, I don't go on my phone during a haircut. He was like, you can go on your phone during a hack. <laughs> He's just been staring into a mirror he can't see blankly for an entire year. No of magazines in a book. I was like, you don't, the glasses don't have to stay under the cape. You could put them out before they put the cape on. Yeah. And then when they're like, how's that look, mate? You could put your glasses back on, check. Yeah. Then t- that's, and that was, that was mind blowing to him. He was too socially insecure to take the glasses out from beneath the cape. Maybe he just likes the break of... But also of, I thought when he was like, you can go on your phone, I thought he was going to be like, uh, like, don't you talk to the hairdresser? No, he just sits silently. In silence, I bet he does. And looks I at bet a he does. blur ahead of him. Yeah. And walks out with a mullet he didn't ask for. <laughs> That's probably like quite nice though, but like mindfulness. Sometimes I like just not having my glasses on and just staring into the middle distance. Just... Oh, I wish that was an option for me. Not thinking. All right, 2020 vision. <laughs> okay so she's got one foot in the bath she can see something in the corner of her eye i took a few steps back and saw something in the shower on the shower curtain i got closer as i couldn't see what it was and saw eight large hairy legs i'm very arachnophobic (laughs) and had only been awake for a few minutes also first as soon as you're awake this should not be the first thing you see also, are they, are they poisonous in Malaysia? Well, let's find out. Um, I'd only been awake for a few minutes, so I was a bit stressed. I grabbed the essentials out of the room and used a screwdriver to lock the door shut. <laughs> this is my approach. This lock is my it kind in. of approach. Lock the spider Squatter's in. right. He lives there now. Whilst brushing my teeth in the kitchen sink. Yeah, avoidance. There's nothing Always more degrading the than washing, brushing your teeth in the kitchen sink. 
I tried to rationally think about how to get rid of the spider, but I don't have a cup or bowl big enough. How big was this spider? Holy fuck, a bowl yeah. wasn't big enough? What's next? What do you, where do you go after bowl? I, I don't know. Pan? Yeah, it's got to be. Colander. <laughs> it's got holes. That's got holes. Um, but nice, but they could put their, head, their legs through it like a harness. Oh, God. Oh, that's even scarier. But nice for the spider. Um, to feel held. Cut their balls, you know? Cut their balls? Is that not a thing? Is that comforting for you? <laughs> oh, cup, cup, cup. What did I, I say? I thought you said cut. Oh, like, how does that work? No, only for loud drip. Uh, okay. The this d- the this dog. is really taking a turn. I'm so sorry, Charlotte. Um, okay, so she screwed. Well, I'm feeling while Julia she screwed... struggles to read this without her glasses. Because you keep, you keep stopping me. Where are right. you? I've made the font. Up, you're up to the screen. I've made the font big enough. Like fucking Dora looking through a window, her neighbor's window. I'm just trying to connect with our listeners. Uh-huh. Okay, so brushing her teeth in the sink. Tried to rush it. The bowl's not big enough. Ah! And I was running late. So I had to just leave it and go to work. Though I was a bit distracted all day as I couldn't bear the idea of it touching all my stuff. It's just going around like like with her makeup like, ooh, what's this? Yeah. It's like when your mum... Shaving its pits. Yeah. When your mum comes to visit and it's like, nothing's safe. You're definitely... She's looking through those drawers. There's something happening. Do you think? Oh, for sure. I think my mum's too scared of everything i own for being too modern how do you think so she probably like the only thing she touches is the screen of my laptop the screen of your laptop yeah like my mum insists that like all technology is touchscreen be well no like she can't use any technology that actually is touchscreen <laughs> but then my laptop she's like that's for sure touch she's screen. trying yeah, to touch yeah, every yeah. screen and she tries to touch the laptop screen anytime i show her anything on my laptop i'm like hey mum, look at this she's like Boop. Uh, I'm like, this laptop has <laughs> never been touchscreen. This is not a phone. Um, okay, skip forward 10 hours and I was coming. 10 hours? That's a long shift. And I was coming home. I felt a bit sick as I entered my apartment and was checking every surface as I walked past in case it squeezed under the door and into my bedroom or living room. That's the worst thing is when you leave a spider, you don't know where it's gone. No, I can't leave. It, like, I have to keep my eyes on it. Like, I have to shout for someone else and then I have to watch it. Yeah. If I lose, If I lose eyes on it... I move house. It's gone. Yeah. I opened the ensuite. Again, very impressed you've got an ensuite. I opened the ensuite door with the screwdriver, and I honestly don't know if I was relieved or terrified to see it still there. Oh, relieved. And it looked bigger than it had in the morning. She's got her glasses on, I imagine. She can probably see it properly. <laughs> uh, I ran out of my apartment without even lo- locking my front door. Oh, no. Now it can get into any bit of your apartment. And down to the security office and begged someone to come and help me. The security guard was half laughing at me as he accompanied me back to the oh, apartment. I bet he now freaks out at actually how big it is. Until he caught sight of the tarantula. Yeah. Tarantula! I couldn't watch as he went into the bathroom and hid in my bedroom. Fuck off. I assume he killed it as there were sounds of a struggle. Trying to really put up a fight. I love the idea of him going, whoa, and then shutting the door and it just being like you crashing sounds. Everything's off the shelves. And then he comes out disheveled. You you weren't there, man. You Wait, don't know. Did he kill the tarantula or sleep with it? <laughs> Stop. 
<laughs> I assume he killed it <laughs> after he fucked it. Uh, <laughs> as there were sounds of a struggle coming from the bathroom, and then he left it in a hu- and then he left in a hurry. I did catch sight of an unmoving hairy leg poking out under his hands. I'm not sure if that really counts as a survival story, so I'll let you guys be the judge of that. Thanks, Charlotte. I think it counts. Wait, wait. Did this? What happened to the spider? So, well, it ended up unmoving in the uh, security guard's hands, and then in his hands. Yeah, his she said, hands. unmoving hairy leg poking out of his hands. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. That tarantula. tarantula. Yeah. I want to know where the rest of the body was. <laughs> You'd hope under the hand. Nah, I think he just took a leg as a trophy. Just as like, I got it. Yeah. That tarantula's still in there. The tra- Seven-legged don't tarantula. Don't let him go until you see the whole see body. See the whole corpse. Tarantulas can live without a leg. Yeah. It probably grows back. Probably does. Stronger. Bionic. It's probably going to like spin into two tarantulas now. His, that leg. Yeah. He'll take that yeah, yeah, yeah. He puts it in the bin. This is like the end of Jumanji where like you hear the drums again. Yeah. And then the like tarantula and yeah. like little Sprout shot. seven more legs. Yeah, from that leg. Big hairy body. Now we've got two tarantulas on the loose. Yeah. That's a sequel, baby. Yeah. But I hope, you, hope you're enjoying Malaysia, Charlotte. Yeah, I hope um, it's going well. Not to make you anxious or anything. But yeah. like, I wouldn't sleep tonight. How did the tarantula get in? That's not coming in through a drain, surely. Oh, that's horrifying. There's a major comedy festival in Melbourne and I'd love to go, but I'm really, really quite too anxious about this idea. You're fine. You're fine I in Melbourne. I think I am. Yeah, you're fine. It's going to come up the toilet. Nah, they don't do that. Nah, not in Australia. What? what? In Australia, they're anti-toilet. They're like, nah, we're above that, actually. Yeah, that doesn't happen. I lived in Australia for three and a half years. I yeah, and you got bitten by a spider. Yeah, but that was, it was hiding. Me, 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 it was me, hiding me, me. in a life jacket. It wasn't in a toilet. It was in a garage. Spiders are allowed to live in the garage, I think. That's their original dwelling. I don't want them to live anywhere. No, I heard, like, because I was literally being like, that's how I live. Every, and everyone's like, it's not in the cities. It's fine. They're not in the cities. And then I heard of someone that literally was like in a hotel in the city. And then they like found like two spiders. And so now, nowhere safe. Okay. Yeah, don't go to Melbourne then, I would I would say. No, but like <laughs> for my career. <laughs> I'm Norfolk. I was going to say. But like one day, it's in the goals. Mm-hmm. It's in the list. Sure. It's in the well, list. Well, then that'll be a decision you have to make, isn't it? It's also a really long plane journey. It's yeah, all the things I hate. It is long. Anyway. Anyway, thanks, Charlotte. Thanks, that was a Charlotte. lovely story. That was great. I hope you're okay. I hope the spider didn't come back. Yes. Um, I hope you all survive another week. I guess we have to say bye now. I've done bye. the I've done the, lo- you've I've done, done the you've logo. You've done the sign off. Slogan. I've done the sign off. It's over. It's okay. all over. <laughs> Thanks. I came too early. <laughs> Get attacked by an angry shark. Stuck up a mountain in the dark. Pushed off the top of a big landmark. Hit by lightning in your local park. Caught in a downpour of acid rain. Struck by a meteor or a train. A proton beam passing through your brain. Attacked by that angry shark again. Hear how they survive. Trampled by a herd of buffalo Chased with an axe by your new friend Joe Buried alive in a pile of snow The worst case scenario